like to stand and uh, we'll pray together and worship. Lord Jesus, thank you for, well, that we can come here, that we can hear your message opening your word and hear your voice in doing so. Make us to be sheep who know the shepherd's voice today. And may we be led, may we be joyful, felt safe, feeling safe around our shepherd who is good, secure. And I pray that you would do a sanctifying work within us today as you sanctify your word and our hearing. Pray that you would especially bless Matt as he preaches today and thank you for him. And everybody who's contributing to um, make this a place where you can be more than sensed but known. And as we sing, may you reveal yourself to us and as we sing your truth and set us free. And truth is the one thing that accomplishes that. And we thank you that that is true. And it's for your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Why should nothing of our efforts stand? No legacy survive unless the Lord does raise the house in vain its builders strive to you who boast tomorrow's gain tell me what is your life a mist that vanishes at dawn all glory be to Christ all glory be to Christ our King. All glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing. All glory be to Christ. His will be done. is above who is himself our daily bread praise him the lord of love let living water satisfy the thirsty without price we'll take a Yet all glory be to Christ. All glory be to Christ our King. All glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing. All glory be to Christ. 
Good morning. Good morning. So you guys can all have a seat. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good, good. Fantastic. Good to be here. First day of the week. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. So uh, just to hush any rumors or whatnot, but... Uh, COVID is, is going through the Moore household again, so that's why I'm here today, so uh, just want to keep them lifted up, um, definitely for all that, um, but we'll, we'll turn our focus to any prayer requests that we have this morning. The Moore family, yes. <laughs> we praise that Rachel's back. Yes, Rachel is back. Any other prayer requests this morning? Any praises? Other than Rachel being back? Everybody have a good new year? We did. For sure. All right, well, let's go, go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day and just the time that we get to gather and just worship you and just uh, sing songs. We get to listen to scripture. We get to read scripture. We get to listen to your word, Lord. We just pray for our hearts and minds to be open to the message this morning, that we're able to take it to heart, that we're able to focus on the light, that we're able to take the light into this darkness. Um, Lord, we also just want to lift up those that were mentioned, the Moore family. Um, we want to lift up Peggy and, and Jean that are in the hospital with COVID and pneumonia, that you just delight hands to be upon them. Uh, give them comfort, give them healing. 
Um, we just also want to lift up Robin Wolf's husband, Greg, and, and just uh, him dealing with COVID and just continue to just to look after us, give us safety and help us to overcome all that's in our way, Lord. Uh, we, we just want to keep our focus on you, um, you know, especially in this dark world that we live in, Lord. As we begin the message this morning, um, I, I just pray that you let us hear what you want us to hear. Um, it, it might, it might uh, insult some people. It, it might hurt some people. It might be tough words to hear, but, but I, I pray that, that, that they, everybody knows that it's in love, that, um, that, that it might be something that we need to hear so that we can turn our darkness that's in our lives in, into light. We just love you and thank you so much for all that you do for us and just the many blessings you give to us on a daily basis. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, how many of you can remember when somebody has insulted you? Quite a few of us. How many of you took that insult and thought about it? And thought about it? And were like, hmm, they're right. That insult stuck with you. It hurt, yes, but it hurt because maybe it was the truth. And, and I'm sure that we can all agree that this has happened some point in our lives. But how many of you might recognize some of the old-fashioned insults? Maybe some even dating back to the 1600s. How about fop doodle? Anybody know fop doodle? Fopdoodle is an insignificant or foolish man. H how about uh, uh, Grumbletonian? Anybody ever hear Grumbletonian? Grumbletonian is someone who constantly grumbles and complains. Anybody know anybody like that? <laughs> how about Wiffle Waffle? Wiffle Waffle. Wiffle Waffle, you probably can uh, I already know what it means just by me saying it out loud, but it's someone who can't make up their mind. They're wiffle-waffle. How about Poppin' Jay? Anybody here? Poppin' Jay? Poppin' Jay is a very old term for someone who is vain or conceited, especially someone who dresses or behaves in over-the-top way. Poppin' Jay. And the last one I have for you, th this list could go on and on and on and on, but the last one I have is gobslotch. Gobslotch. Gobslotch is used to describe a greedy or clownish person. So th this kind of leads into the message this morning about insults. I if you have your Bibles with you, or if you want to pull one out of the pew, we're going to be in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Eventually, we're, we're going to go and start in verse 33, but to get us started, I want to look at verse 45, where it says, uh, one of the experts in the law answered him, teacher. When you say these things, you insult us also. 
One of the experts in the law answered him and said, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. So my question this morning to you is, what do we learn from the harsh words Jesus has for these people in this passage? And and I think to answer that question, we we need to go back a little further and get some context to what what Jesus is doing here. So we're going to start with verse 33. Verse 33 says, no one lights a lamp and puts it in place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are bad, your body is also full of darkness. See to it that, see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole... If your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be completely lighted as when the light of the lamp shines on you. Jesus' message is his teaching. His teaching is the lamp that ought to shine so brightly that people can see it, right? That's the way we should live our lives, that we should not hide it under a bushel. No? Anybody remember that song? Or, Or this little light of mine? Yeah. To receive the light of Jesus, we need to look at Jesus and receive the light. But there are people who are not willing to do this. They are unhealthy. They refuse to look at Jesus, and so they are full of darkness. So make sure you're looking at Jesus, sitting at his feet, spending time with him, doing what he says, for then you will be full of light. And I, and I think this is probably my prayer, my focus this year this new year, is that we will be people of light. That we are willing to take that step into faith. That we will grow together, upwardly, inwardly, and outwardly. And we continue with verse 37. Now that we got a little bit of context about the light. Verse 37 starts this way. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. He went in and reclined at the table, but the Pharisee noticed that Jesus did not wash, first wash before the meal was surpri- and was surprised. Now, the Pharisees thought they were full of light. They thought that they had the whole being good, religious person thing all sorted out. And so now that Jesus had finished teaching, one of them invites the, Jesus around to his place for dinner. And I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, bad idea. Bad idea. Don't invite Jesus around for dinner because it doesn't end well, right? How about Mary? I mean Martha. Martha and Mary? Martha did, and she learned the very hard way, the importance of listening to Jesus, of putting first things first, instead of worrying about the many other good things in life. Now, a Pharisee has been bold enough to invite Jesus over, but it doesn't go well from the very beginning. And we're going to see that. And of course, Jesus has done this presumably to allow the opportunity for himself to teach the Pharisees how wrong they've got this whole worshiping God thing. He essentially is saying, you guys are hypocrites. You've got it all wrong. What are you doing? But the question is, what do they have wrong? They have their focus wrong. 
You see, their focus is on the external and not the internal. Picking up with verse 39, Jesus said, Now you, now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of a cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not one of you make the out- did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. The Pharisees had chosen a certain set of external laws that they decided meant that they decided meant you were good to be with God. You were in the good with God. Even if it meant that you had neglected the really important things of God. That is, as we heard back in chapter 10 with the story of the Good Samaritan, right? Jesus is saying to them that they had failed to love their neighbor. And Jesus rebukes them for this failure in verse 30, 42 when he says, Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. It's not, the tith- it's not that tithing isn't important. It's that they got it out of balance. They thought, because I tithe, I must be okay. And they were willing to look over a whole bunch of other really important things. And because they had set up their own set of external rules, they were full of pride and arrogance. Verse 43, Jesus says, Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplace. For the Pharisees, they kept their own rules. They were the most holy. They got the best seats. They were well-respected and they loved it. They made the external rules, fulfilled them to the letter, and enjoyed the importance and praise that they received. But you know what this meant? Verse 44 says, Woe to you because you are like unmarked graves which people walk over without knowing it. You see, these Pharisees were so focused on the wrong stuff that they had missed the light of life. They had thought they were walking in the dark, in the light, but instead they were full of darkness. They thought that they were walking in the light, but instead they were walking in darkness. And when Jesus confronts you with this reality, it hurts. It hurts. It stings. A teacher of the law, another group like the Pharisees, comes up to Jesus and says, Hey, we're feeling a bit bummed. We're feeling a bit insulted. And Jesus' response is, I'm not finished. And so he continues in verse 46 saying, And you experts in the law, woe to you because you load people down with burdens they, care, they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. You lay these burdens on people. You do this to be holy. You do that to be holy. And then you simply tell them about all that they have to do, but you don't help them. You just stand back. You see, those are not the kind of servant-hearted leaders 
of God's people that they are supposed to be. Jesus' final criticism is probably one that stung them the most, hurt them the most. In verse 47, it says, Woe to you because you built tombs for the prophets, and it was your forefathers who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your forefathers did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. Because of this, God, in his wisdom, said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill, and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, all who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. They loved building tombs for the prophets as a way to try and honor them. But Jesus points out, in fact, that this is just a testimony to the fact that just as God's people in the past rejected God's prophets and God's word, they too have done the same. And in doing this, they've not only missed the whole point themselves, they have also made it harder for people to come and know God. Verse 52 says, Woe to you, experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those from entering. They were meant to be people who led people to know and understand God and who trust in the Messiah. But instead, they were rejecting Jesus because they don't fit their way of doing things. And how absolutely terrible is that? When the people of God get so caught up in their own doing, in their own way of doing things, that they are looking for, that they stop looking at the truth, the light of Jesus, and they start looking at their own way of doing things. Their man-made assumptions, their rules, their regulations. How many times do we fall into that? How many times do we start looking at our own way of things rather than God's? How many times do we turn our life away from the light of Jesus? Because maybe it hurt. Maybe it insulted us. Maybe it stung. I think that sadly in the recent past, we have made the Christian gospel about good works leading to salvation. We have brought into the, bought into the idea that many of us, that if we are good people, we'll go to heaven. We have focused on external things rather than internal things, just like Jesus condemns the Pharisees back in verse 39. How many of you have heard the phrase, I hope I've done enough? I hope I've done enough. What should our response be to that? <laughs> it might hurt a little bit, but I think our response should be, no, you haven't. You haven't done enough. I haven't done enough. We are not going to get there without Jesus, without his grace, without his mercy, without his forgiveness. And if you think otherwise, you are as misguided as the Pharisees and the teachers of the law in Jesus' day were. Maybe that's uncomfortable to hear this morning. 
Certainly when Jesus brings correction, it may not feel very nice. But look at how the Pharisees responded. Verse 53 and 54 say, when Jesus left there, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say. The Pharisees responded with hostility. It's not really surprising. Imagine Jesus had just confronted you with some pretty full-on truths. wonder how you would respond. Would you respond with hostility? Or with repentance and faith, looking to Jesus to bring light into the dark places of your self-righteous heart? As we reflect on the hostile reaction of the Pharisees and the hard word Jesus had for them, I want us to remember this. It's not always pleasant when darkness is exposed by light. It's not always pleasant when darkness is exposed by light. How about, how about this, for example? Maybe, maybe some of you set some New Year's resolutions. But while at the gym, your, your lack of fitness, fitness is being exposed as you nearly die, try running to, trying to run and lift heavy things. You're not comfortable, but the pain leads to a better way of living, right? No pain, no gain. So too, when we confront our sins with the truth of God's word, it can be painful, but it can be oh so worth it. There's nothing better than exposing darkness in our hearts and stepping into the light. I want to encourage you to look at Jesus and invite his light to expose your darkness. It might be unpleasant at first, yes. But in the end, it's so, so worth it as we experience the wonder of God's goodness and grace and mercy and love. Let's be healthy people full of light in this world so that we might shine brightly into this dark world. I, I, I know it wasn't very long this morning, but um, no excuses. Um, but, but I really want to focus on that. Fo focus on, it's not always pleasant when darkness is exposed to the light. Um, you know, I, I think that there's darkness in all of our hearts. There, there's areas of our life where we don't want to expose it. We don't want to bring it out. We don't want people to know our dirty, darkest secrets. And it's not pleasant. But when we confront our sin with the truth of God's word, it's so, so worth it. This morning, as we 
as we move into communion and you guys begin to open your communion cups. A few things I, I want you guys to think about this morning. It is how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond to the truths of the Bible? How are you going to respond this year as we continue moving through the book of Luke? Picking up some other things along the way. How are you going to respond to the truths that you hear in worship? That you hear in Bible studies? That you hear in podcasts? That cut deep? That you feel insulted by that that uh, that sting that hurts that just want to you just want to curl up into a corner in a dark room and just cry because it hurts so bad because there's going to be times like that Are you going to look at those times with hostility? Are you going to walk out of that room and say, I'm never going back? I don't want to hear those kind of things. Or are you going to take it full on? You're going to come up front. You're going to talk to an elder, to a minister, to somebody and say, look, I've messed up. I need to have repentance. I need to come to this with faith. I need to look to Jesus to bring light into the dark places of my self-righteous heart. You know, and I, I think that's our invitation this morning. Is are you ready for this adventure? This life with Jesus? Are, are you ready to let that light be exposed? Are you ready to take the cover over off of your heart and be like, Jesus, show me where I'm wrong. Are you ready for it? Because this year, let's be healthy people, full of life so that we might shine brightly into this dark world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you thanking you so much for this morning. We thank you for this message of light, this message of hope, th this message of forgiveness, knowing that the truths might hurt, yes, but you were there with open arms saying, I'm here. I, I just pray that we're able to accept these truths that we're able to focus on you, that we're able to have that repentant heart, be able to do it and step out on faith and, and just be willing to be led by you to this adventure of life that we're on. Lord, as we start this new year, I just pray that we can be that light that not only personally, 
but as a group, we can grow upwardly, that we can grow inwardly, and that we can grow outwardly. Lord, our community, our world that we live in is full of pain, full of hurt, full of insults. And I pray that we can just be that hope, that light, that people need to see. Lord, as, as we prepare and think about these things this morning, I just pray that our hearts can be uncovered, that your light will shine so bright, that we can uncover the darkness, the sin, the pain, the hurt that's in our own lives. Lord, we do all these things because of what you did for us. By dying on that cross so that we can have eternal life, Lord God. Lord, and we, we take communion this morning as a way of remembering what you did. The pain that you endured for us. The humiliation, the insults, everything that you went through because of how much you loved us. And Lord, as we take a moment just to reflect and think before we take the cup and the loaf, I just pray that you just be with us. Let us know your presence. Let us know that you are here. If there's somebody that, that you need to nudge, nudge them. Let them know that you are here with open arms. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I cannot comprehend the agonies of Calvary. You, the perfect Holy One, crushed your Son, who drank the bitter cup reserved for me. Your blood washed away my sin Jesus thank you the Father
Lover's wrath completely satisfied. Jesus, thank you. Once your enemy, now seated at your table. Jesus, thank you. Thank 
we come to you not just with thanksgiving in a song on our lips, with thanksgiving in our heart, because all of what we're saying is true. You are everything in our need, in our place. As Matt said, we are not enough. But because of you, that's okay. So thank you because you are enough on our behalf. So out with our resumes, in with yours over our life. May you sign your name on our hearts, on our words, on our actions, on our thinking as you renew our mind by your word. And we thank you that you might do any of those things. It's all too good for us because you're too good for us. And so it scandalizes us when we see what you've done for us. Thank you that the blood has washed away our sin and the wrath that only we could earn has been satisfied because God poured it out on you and you drank it freely and you've given us your cup of righteousness and mercy and grace and goodness and kindness. Thank you, Jesus, for all of this. Open us to it and help us to receive it. That's all we have to do. It's for your wonderful name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, thank you very much, Matt, and we will see you soon. If you'd like to join us for digging deeper afterwards here, please feel free.